Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Bears get the day off. A lot of other football going on today. 12 noon kickoffs. Uh, tonight, you got Cleveland at Baltimore. And uh, we'll take a look at some of the uh, little betting nuggets on these games. If you've got one you really like, let us know. 312-332-3776. Brian, before we do that, Michigan beats Ohio State yesterday. So, again, I told you I'm not much of a college guy. It's a long story, but 40 years ago when I got married to my wife, I said, listen, I'm going to watch the NFL from like 10, from 12 noon until like midnight or whatever the last game's over with. So I said, so whatever you want to do on Saturdays, we can do. And Compromise. From, from, right. Yeah. And from then I gave up college football. I just said, go ahead. Now I'll watch a big game. I'll probably watch the SEC title game and, you know, the, the playoff games and stuff like that. But during the season, I just don't watch. So I don't know much about the college ball. And I know I used to watch a lot. I watch the blue gray and I'll watch the senior bowl. So I have an idea. Some of the guys are going to get drafted and stuff like that. But and the top guys don't even play in those games. A anymore, lot of them. Right? Not, no, anymore. Right. You're right. They don't. Um, but because Michigan won, you are going to hear this week the Bears should look at Jim Harbaugh as head coach. Hmm. So someone just posted a thing and said, sorry, gang, I don't see the appeal. And they posted this from SI.com. Jim Harbaugh is 500 or worse against Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, and in the Big Ten. He is 0-5 against Ohio State, obviously, before yesterday. 3-4 um, against Michigan State, 0-2 against Mel Tucker. 1-4 uh, in bowl games. And Jim Harbaugh, 20-21 and 21 against Power 5 teams that are at least 500 since 2015. Um, it comes down, I'm sorry, it comes down to players. Coaches are important, but you got to have players too. And, and so many times when I look at the Bears and I look at Nagy and Pace, everybody wants Nagy gone, but I always constantly blame Pace for more absolutely. of what's happening. Ab- yeah, ab- Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the Nagy's low-hanging fruit, yep. and okay, it, it might make you feel better for a day or two, right. but, you know, look at this roster, look at the misses. Finally, they're throwing the ball to Cole Komet, okay, a second-round yes. pick. They found him. They yeah, found the I guy mean, they picked last year, number two overall. And, and, the, number, the, and the second round right. pick this year, you know, has back surgery. Yeah. It, it, time and again, look at the first-round picks, and it just doesn't begin and end with Mitch Trubisky. Um, it just – I guarantee you, Ryan Pace will not be a GM in this league again, and Matt Nagy will not be a head coach in this GM again. Just like the league told you what they thought about Mitch Trubisky, and he's a backup in Buffalo. Right. Now, you know, through injury or whatever, maybe he gets another chance, some, you know. But the entire league passed on him as a starting quarterback, and he was the second overall pick in, in the draft. Yep. You know, so, yeah, you you got to get the base, the football executive right. you got to get – and Jim Harbaugh, I mean, I get the, you know, he was here and all that. I mean, and, and he's got NFL experience, but – it, it's not good enough in Ann Arbor, and he couldn't get a quarterback right until maybe this year. Right, I, I mean, right. and you have the entire country to go and get it. You're not restricted by draft or anything else. You no. can go recruit anybody, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. I, again, you have to aspire to get the absolute best out there. Uh, identify that guy as, a, a, as the president of the football operations. If then you want to create that level of bureaucracy, and I would, yeah. and then get a GM. And then go get the coach, but you have those two collaborate. Two guys actually know what they're looking at. But it, it, look, there's a lot of heavy lifting here, and it shouldn't begin and end with. Well, Jim Harbaugh played for the Bears and was a quarterback, so yeah, let's go get that. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so, I mean, I know we'll hear it. So I just wanted to get to it early. And, I, you know, I saw those stats, and again, courtesy of SI.com. They were probably, before, obviously, before that game uh, played the other day. Uh, today around the NFL, Tennessee is at New England. The line opened to two and a half. Right now, it's seven and a half. What? Yeah. The, the Patriots are seven and a half point favorites. Now, I'm looking at where it opened based on uh, the newspaper because they've always put open and then today. And so I wanted to check exactly what it's at now. Um, so New England was a two-and-a-half point favorite when it opened. Now they're a seven-and-a-half point favorite. The Titans are 5-0 and oh outright as a dog this year. They've not Don't lost. they have a lot of injuries? Yeah, they have, they have some injuries. That's why the number went up. But yeah, that's a lot to go up. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's like half, losing five, Aaron Rodgers yeah, go up. Five <laughs> numbers like, or five yeah. points. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, the Giants are hosting Philadelphia. None of New York's five home games this year has gone over. And the number is 45 and a half. And so in the Giants went from the the kid quarterback to Flacco. Or no, is that that's the, the Jets, Jets, right? Yeah, yeah, Jets. That was the Jets. But the, I, I, the two New York teams, I can't, I can't bet either one of those well, or I, even a game they're in. I just, it, it's, I know, it's disaster. I'm, I'm sure no one in New York can either. No, uh, Pittsburgh is at Cincinnati. I think that's the the game we have coming up on ESPN 1000. Uh, I think and when we're done here at 12 o'clock. Um, Pittsburgh- and I gave I gave my buddy Cincinnati in his survivor pool. Uh-huh. I gave him three teams, but I gave him in order: Cincinnati, and then Buffalo, and then the Bears. And Buffalo certainly came through. Yep, the Bears, Bears you were did. you're holding your breath. Yeah. And but if he if he went with the first choice, Cincinnati, and I you know, then I didn't realize like Pittsburgh's getting four or five guys back. Yeah. And they're they're a uh, they're getting three and a half points. Uh Steelers are four and one against the spread as a dog this year. Yeah. So and they were getting four and a half, so now it's three and a half. So yeah. money coming in on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Tampa Bay is at Indy. Uh the Bucks are a three and a half point favorite. Tampa's 0-5 against the spread on the road. Whoa. Yeah. That's an interesting number. And Indy can jump up. This is such a hard season in the NFL this year. Colts will look awful one week and the next week, you know, all of a sudden. Well, Carson Wentz would go like five weeks without an interception. And then he decided to throw the ball, you know, give the ball to the other team like three times in one game. Yeah, he's throwing jump, you know, jump passes at the goal line. It's like what's going on, but you know, and then you have Jonathan Taylor score five touchdowns, so you never well, know there's that. what's hey, going to happen. Here's a, that's our fantasy guy. Let's you know, yeah. go get him. Yeah, I'm uh, not Jeff Meller, but go go get that. Go, guy. Yeah, get him if you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Houston is uh, hosting the Jets. God, anybody that watches that game or bets on it, I mean, I get it. I guess if you have a line or something, but it's two and a half. The Texans are a two and a half point favorite over the Jets. Tyrod Taylor's nine and one against the spread in his last ten starts. How's that possible? Yeah, I don't know. I don't well, know they're getting such big numbers. I yeah, mean, well, here they're a favorite, so we'll yeah. let's yeah, see what happens. Well, because they got momentum. Right, <laughs> right. The Chargers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Let me make sure. I haven't been checking each one to see if it's exact. Oh, Chargers now are a three-point favorite. Over the Broncos? Uh, yeah, over the Broncos. Uh, eight of Denver's ten games have been under because Denver's well, got a good defense. Well, but look at that total t- and tell me, isn't that a little high? Forty-seven. It was 48 that I saw this okay. morning. Let me see here. So it's uh, coming down because your logic would tell you that's too high, right? Yeah. I got it at 47 see, right now. When I saw 48, yeah. they're begging you to take the under, sure. which means that I'm taking the over. Um, Minnesota at San Francisco. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, the Niners are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And Minnesota, the Vikings are 7-1 and one against the spread as a dog this year. 
and they're get, so they're getting three and a half points. That half is you know I can see a Robbie Gold game winner or something like that, and all of a sudden you know Niners win, the Vikings cover. But Does the Vikings come down to the last possession every whether every it's regulation game. or overtime? Yes. I know every and they've single had, game. They've had twenty point leads that they've found that, a way to fritter away. They like did. Baltimore and stuff. Yep. A couple weeks running. Right, Baltimore, Green Bay. They hit a bunch of them. Uh, the Rams are a two and a half point favorite at Green Bay. Uh, the number is 46 and a half. And Green Bay is 8-0 against the spread after a loss under LaFleur. And you have a West Coast team coming to Cold. Windy, I yeah. assume, Windy, Lambeau. Yep. Well, how, you know. Afternoon game. It'll be, it'll be dark by halftime. Yeah. So, yeah, with a, a th- I think the 325. Yeah, 325 start. It'll be dark at halftime, uh, at, you know, an hour into the game. So, and the Packers... Um, they they play so well at home, and they like say eight no uh, against the spread after a loss under Lafleur, and then Sunday night Cleveland at Baltimore. The uh, Ravens are two and six against the spread as a favorite this year. Ooh. Yeah, um, not good. And and their favorite. Will you see more. Yeah, I mean, will you see more Baker Mayfield in commercials than he went on the field? As, you know, he's been playing through a lot this year. I know. With his injuries really, and everything yeah. else. Yeah. And it was, I've watched them play a couple of times. They have three tight ends, and guess what they do? They throw the ball to all of them. Yeah, novel. Which, yeah, which is very interesting. Very nice to see. Uh, the Monday night game, Seattle at Washington. He, I don't he, I don't have any notes on that one, but that that's that might be what I might skip. Uh, well, I mean, but even the primetime game tonight isn't yeah, exactly going to get right. you. No, yeah. Cleveland, Baltimore's not going to get you. That's why I'm wondering, because the Bears... They flex. They don't flex Monday night. They flex Sunday night games, right? Yeah. And the Bears are supposed to play the Packers on the twelfth on a Sunday night. Will they not flex that because it's Green Bay and Chicago because they can get the big crowd? Because you know, I know it's a Bears Packers game, but I'm sure there's going to be a better game that's going to be more worthwhile uh, at that point. I don't think they've started flexing games yet. I haven't you, heard of any. You would think. I mean, yeah, that's what. That's two weeks from now, right? A week yeah. from Sunday. You got Arizona right. and then, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's two weeks from today. And, and no one's threatening the Packers in the division. No. You know, so no. so maybe forget the, about that. Yeah. Maybe the Vikings lose today and then the Bears drop one to Arizona. There's really no reason to show But that you have game. Jordan Love, you know, because, you know, Aaron, you just give, you let him play against the Rams. And then if they win that game, you just give him a week off to heal his foot. And I mean, so there's your primetime matchup Andy Dalton and uh, Jordan Love. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a thriller. That'd be one to watch. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to talk some Bulls. We come back because uh, the Bulls had an interesting couple days. They had a nice win two days ago, and then last night, not so much. Uh, we'll discuss that. We'll hear some highlights from the contest and uh, talk a little Bulls basketball. We also have a uh, poll out there on the Bulls. We'll do all that. We come back. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN One Thousand. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Nothing compares to these new Bulls City Connectors. These are sweet. I love it. Caruso. Oh, goodness gracious. Don't tell it to the rim. P.J. Tucker. Get up or get out the way. I think he might have hurt his hand on the rebound, actually. Yeah, I think he hurt his wrist on that. Zach Levine from the corner. Bulls lead by one. 
Kobe White 0 for 5 tonight for 3. Alonzo Ball got the hand in. Will he get paid off? Let's find out together. Jones. Yes! And a foul. See, there's a double team. Caruso. You said it. He saw it early and he paid him off with a jackpot there. You can't get away from him. Uh, Did you enjoy the broadcast, Fred? No, not really. <laughs> Not First really. thing I thought of. Yeah, First thing I, thought I know. Of. Me too. Uh, it's okay. Uh, what uh, you know? Let's got, find I, out together. I got to get over it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. got to get over it. I guess. You heard the game on NBC Sports Chicago. Adam Amin taking the day off because uh, he does football on Sundays. I'm not sure which game he's doing today, but uh, you'll hear him usually with Mark Schlereth uh, doing the NFL. So Jason Benetti on the call with Stacey King last night. And um, it was it was more fun two nights ago when the Bulls knocked off Orlando, uh, 123-88. Last night it was the Heat, a 107-104 win over the Bulls. Uh, Miami throwing a zone up there in the last 10 minutes, and the Bulls struggling um, a bit. And 23 turnovers a season high doesn't help either. So. Um, well, and I, you know, I didn't expect the Bulls to be sitting in the fourth seed right now in no, the conference. No, but it's amazing when they lost to Houston that on on Twitter, people are like, "Yeah, this team's a fraud." You know, everyone <laughs> just bail, I mean, just bail on them, right there, just pile it on. Yep, you you lose a game like that, you're not your pretenders, not contenders. Yeah, look, they're mired in a little adversity right now. They're five and five in the last ten. Um, but the consistency needs to be better, not only as a team collectively, but individually. I mean, Zach Levine can't take quarters off. DeMar DeRozan is about the only guy who seems to bring it every night for all four quarters. Yeah, yeah, he and, does. and Caruso. I shouldn't, I didn't, shouldn't diminish what he's been doing for the team. Well, and Caruso doesn't score a lot, but last night he no. did. Uh, six of eight from the field, seven of seven from the line. He had 22 points. Um, he also uh, had uh, how many steals? He had a steal. The the Bulls had six steals. The Heat had 13. Um, some sloppy ball handling by the Bulls last night um, as everybody on their team. And then they were just nailing threes in the fourth quarter. They just they only outscored the Bulls by five in the fourth quarter, but Kyle Lowry hit 11 of his well, points in the fourth and three of five from threes. Right, and, and DeRozan tried to do what he could do, but to beat a team like that, you need at least two. You need Levine yeah. and, and, and uh, DeMar doing what they're doing, what they're capable of doing. Uh, our, our Twitter poll question is, who's the Bulls MVP? Uh, is it Zach Levine right now, or is it DeMar DeRozan, or is it somebody else? Can you make a case for somebody else? Um, you know, Zach, uh, you know, he, he, we know he's capable of putting up 40. Yeah. Um, but you need, three, you need three guys to be a, a championship contending team, three legitimate all-stars. You know, you got to get Vucevic going, too, here to, to be more than a team that can go five, five and five in 10 games or right. eight and two. Right. Yeah, he's, he had 13 boards last night. Vooch did with seven points, just three and nine shooting. You're expecting more uh, from him shooting the ball. And um, it's funny because I was over at someone's house the other day watching the game, and I had forgotten all about Wendell Carter Jr. And mm -hmm. uh, he didn't forget about playing with the Bulls before. But he's not being forced to play center. And as a power forward, he plays pretty damn well. And you think you look back at it, and, yeah, the Bulls went out. They got Vooch last year. Uh, was a nice signing at the time, or nice bringing him over at the time. But um, Wendell Carter's only 22, and when the, he played the Bulls the other day, and he just went to town, and he was going to the basket, he was getting the ball. The Bull, one thing the Bulls don't have is rebounding. Last night, it didn't matter. They out-rebounded the Heat by 11, 47-36. But 
rebounding in size. The Sun-Times big article, I mean, an article in the Sun-Times today all about finding size, not having that big guy. And even with Patrick Williams out, you didn't, you know, you didn't, weren't going to have a lot anyway. But uh, now with him out, you really are lacking uh, in some and, size. And the jury's still out on him, obviously, too. Yeah, so. oh, definitely. Yeah, he, he, but I mean, Billy Donovan talked about it as soon as Miami went to the zone. Everyone settled for perimeter shots, which she said, you know, I'm not saying you can't make jump shots. Right. You know, obviously you can, but it can't be the only the only thing you're trying to do at that point. You got to penetrate the zone and try to break it down a little bit. Yeah. Did you cover um, Did you cover Illinois when uh, Eddie Johnson was there? No. Okay, that was even before you, huh? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I yeah I, I had the flying Illini, um, from '88 to '92. Okay. Basically, yeah. Okay. He's uh, retired from the NBA, uh, all-time leading scorer off the bench, Suns announcer, uh, 2001 and all that stuff. He posted something today, which was interesting, I thought, because in this day and age, shooting the three, yesterday, um, the Heat were 14 of 40. They shot 35% from three. The Bulls were 11 of 39 for 28% from three. Uh, Levine was 4 of 10. Uh, Ball was 3 of 11. He just was struggling. You could see he didn't have it. Kobe White 0 for 5 after having a nice night, a 20-point night against uh, Orlando the other day. But Eddie Johnson puts out, the Suns have won 16 games in a row and are 29th in three-point shots attempted this year. The Bulls are 30th and having the best start to a season in years. Analytic robots are busy in the lab finding excuses. Uh, and I thought that was funny because, you know, we talked for the last couple of years, the Bulls don't shoot enough threes. Right. And they're shooting more threes, but still not to the level of some of these other teams. And um, you look at it, and they are off to a good start. It is funny because uh, once you saw a little bit of promise, all of a sudden the Bulls fans who haven't seen anything for years took the next leap. Okay, you know what I mean? Because of the nice start, it's like, oh, they're going to be the number one or a two seed in the East. They could be, but, you know, if, they, if they're not, you can't be disappointed because this team slowly but surely is building and, and getting to be where hopefully they can be. Uh, but I love watching uh, Ball. I love watching uh, Ball and Levine. And, heck, when they're running, Javante Green and, and Jones Jr., they're all fun to watch when they get up watch. and down the court. You can see the promise. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing the results immediately. But it's it's a long season, and you to project whether they're going to be the fourth seed or they're going to be the sixth seed or they're not, you know, they could collapse. It wouldn't shock me if they were outside looking in. I mean, it would take some doing, I would think. Yeah, yeah. And maybe an injury or two. But I've seen enough quarters that they look like a team that wouldn't be a playoff team, and I've seen halves and games that it looks like they could be a one or two seed. Yeah. Your thoughts it's on just, them? Yeah, it's just it's it's but it's good to you know for the last few years you're just like oh, oh god. my god is this awful yeah how you wouldn't want to watch them no. last night I mean I went out to DeKalb like I was saying but I made and I I knew they lost but I came home and I watched the third and fourth quarters because I wanted to make sure I saw and it was a good game back up and down back and forth sure a lot of lead changes in the fourth quarter or third quarter and things like that and uh, they were right in it they had an opportunity late uh, they only lost by three one oh seven one oh four the final. Uh, the Bulls lose. You want to jump in three one two three three two three seven seven six. The uh, montage that we played that Sean put together. Uh, you heard Jason Benetti talk about the jerseys the Bulls wore yesterday. How about the jerseys the Heat wore yesterday? They were like they were like uh, 
a, a guy that is sending a ransom note to somebody. They put them all. It, it, it was like every different letters. Yeah, different yeah. letters. The numbers are different style fonts yeah. and everything. Yeah. You know, it was bizarre. I yeah, mean, it's like you cut out the yeah, yeah. the old movies with the kidnap. And sure. The kidnapper would cut out letters from a newspaper and glue yeah. them together and. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was odd though that uh, Eric Spolstra uh, dropped a suitcase with a million dollars in the hallway <laughs> before the game. Did he? Yeah. Well, he was trying to get something back. I don't know. He was hoping LeBron would come back. I yeah. Well, LeBron's got his own problems. Give yeah. flipping people off or whatever he did the other day, and then getting... Boy, they're they're sensitive out there, right? Now, it wasn't that the Lakers game the other night where the guy brings the referee over and says, "This guy's yelling at me. Get him out of here." Now, how do you do that? How do you I kick just, somebody out? Unless they're sw- unless they're swearing. Sure. I mean, if they're swearing, I don't have a problem with it. somebody getting tossed out. I don't care how much you paid for the seats. No, because I don't want to listen to that. But if the guy's right. just, you know, like, maybe he's a Lakers fan, not happy with you. I mean, and he's paying about 1500 bucks for that second row seat. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't understand how you can do that. And what a, you know. What a wuss move, uh, bringing the referee over and having them call. I didn't know a referee could eject a fan. No, well, he went and got he was, a, security, yeah. a security guy was nearby, so he pulls him over, and it's like they're pointing him out. And I mean, I don't know. It's just, boy, I, I don't know what the guy was saying or how long, how long he'd been saying it, but it, it seemed like if you just kind of, you know, pretend like you don't hear it, the guy's going to get tired at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um Somebody just got to you on uh, Twitter about, he said he just listened to the podcast of the hockey show. Yeah. Uh, as someone from New Jersey, Brian asked questions that I can answer. First, this is about the Devils jersey because yeah. they've got a jersey, which is great, that just says jersey on it. Pretty appropriate, I thought. I thought it was kind of cute when I first saw it. I didn't read any more into it. Well, I then, just saw and, the jersey. Pat Boyle said they have a hat that says hat. And I saw a story on ESPN.com that said the pants don't say pants. So I didn't see the hat, but I said to Pat, no, that's not true. They don't have a hat that says hat. Yeah. But according to our, our Twitter response, there is, in fact, a hat that says hat to go with the jersey that says jersey. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, are you going to be calling them the jersey boys? Yeah. Um, and there's 21 um, stripes of the stripes. jersey. Yeah, around like the neck and the shoulders and the waist. And it's for, he told us, 21 counties in New Jersey. Uh, Martin Brodeur apparently is his all son, Mr. Black. He was like one of the big fashion designers to come up with Jersey on Jersey uh-huh. and spent a lot of time uh, working with people to come up with that. I, it, it It's weird how these alternate jerseys we saw with baseball on both sides of town. Yeah. How what a visceral response people have to them. Right. Right. Don't change the logo. Here's, you know, here's the alternate orange jersey that, you know, J- Jason Laser wants <laughs> He wanted to get rid keep, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, the pumpkin jerseys yeah. the Bears wear. Uh, you know, when the Blackhawks uh, introduced the black jerseys, people either some people rush out to get get them, no matter, and other people like wouldn't be caught dead wearing them. Right, right. It's amazing, but it's it's all merchandising, and it, it's if they can get somebody to go out and buy more merchandise. Everyone's happier for it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. And, and, you know, fans love New Jerseys. I mean, they love looking at, they love buying. I've got, I bought the, um, the black and purple hockey jer- or for cancer. Uh, it's all black. It's a, like they're, they would skate around with it in a pregame skate, but right. they, they haven't worn it in a game. It's black, all black. And then the Indian head and the piping and everything is, uh, is in purple. And it's got a little place where you can say, uh, you know, um, I stand for cancer for such and such and that. Right. And it's a very cool jersey. I, I've got that one. Now, I was going to wear it about a week or so ago, and I said, well, maybe it's too soon. But uh, the one thing I did bring up is yesterday, um, 
I'm sorry, two days ago on Friday, the Blackhawks were 26 fans shy of a sellout. Uh, and it was the fifth straight game at home that they've had increased attendance. So after them playing poorly and everything that went down with um, Kyle, Kyle Beach, Beach and, you know, the video guy and all that stuff, and people, you know, for a week at least talking about not going, not wearing the Blackhawks gear, all this kind of stuff. Well, um, I mean, they're, yeah, they, you know, they were, they, they were couldn't bad. win a game. Right. They couldn't wait win a game. They finally, you know, they put an interim GM in, and within short order, he says goodbye to Jeremy Colleton, yeah. whose you know, hybrid defense was blamed for everything, but he wasn't going to change it. He wasn't going to be uh, malleable. And Derrick Kings, you usually get a bump of a game or two with a new coaching change anyway, right? Yeah. But six of eight, they've won six of eight with scoring 16 even-strength goals. And it Which just they couldn't do. That, they couldn't score no, any even strength goals. Well, I mean, yeah. but they're not even scoring that much. But right. the, the defensive system, he seems to have simplified. Either they're buying into it or they're just happy that it's not the Colleton system that they either couldn't play or didn't want to play. And and they're doing this with just basically Debrinkit and and Patrick Kane scoring goals. I mean. Yeah, you, nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> so you keep thinking, okay, if they've won six of eight, if Jonathan Taves finally, you know, he thought he had one the other night, but was waved off because Kane was offside. If you get Kubelik and some of these other guys to start producing like we see them produce, you know, maybe they do continue yeah. to play hockey and, and climb back, winning hockey and climb back into the scene. But they dug themselves such a hole. And yeah. Kyle Davidson said at the first press conference, the math isn't in their favor. And right. It certainly wasn't, but it's it's at least a, a better product to watch right now. Yeah, much better. The uh, they are at home tonight, six o'clock start against San Jose. Flurry will be in a goal for the Blackhawks. Um, you want to jump on in three one two three three two three seven seven six. The next couple days are going to be big in baseball because um, there's a good chance there's going to be a lockout on Wednesday, December first, and uh, so players want to sign with teams. Some players want to sign with teams and get it taken care of before this all happens. There were a couple of signings the other day, a trade or so the other day. We'll the talk- Mets are signing everybody. Yeah, they are. We'll talk Except about Javi Baez. <laughs> exactly. We'll talk about those two. We come back. Also, the two two of the second basemen, the White Sox fans wanted the Sox to go out and get, uh, are already on new teams where the White Sox decided to go for Cesar Hernandez, and no one's decided to go and pick him up. But we'll talk about the White Sox and some other things we come back. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Alonzo at first and two out, and Baez gets one in the air yep. on the field. Winker going back, looking up, and it's out of here! Javi Baez with a two-run homer! A towering shot! His first home run is a New York Mets, coming in his first game for the Mets. Two away, full count, so Canna will be off with the pitch. There he goes, the 3-2 off for cold strike three! Slider got Marte loitering. And it is the second strikeout of the afternoon for Dylan Cease. I like that. Got him loitering. Yep. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, Javi Baez. Um, I didn't think there was a chance he'd come back to the Cubs. And 
I'm not saying he's going to. I'm not saying they're interested. But the Mets certainly aren't. But he's got a lot of other teams interested in him right now. And I'd be interested to see if he's going to sign before this possible lockout on Wednesday, which looks like it's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. And uh, But, yeah, you know, uh, Rob Manfred, everyone's poo-pooing the idea that the season actually gets delayed. I, I read a story this morning about what, what the lockout's about. We know it's, you know, players time and, you know, so you can't take a Chris Bryant and keep him in Iowa an extra week. Right. So you get an extra year of uh, protected salary and all that. My head hurts because, I mean, I get how important it is and the luxury tax threshold and how the, the players association fell asleep at the wheel. And, and then, you know, the, the minuscule increases and bumps, they get 3% one year, 1%, less than 1% a year after that. So that, that keeps your, your top end salaries down. But Tobias, he might sign today with the Tigers, from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. He, um, the, the Tigers believe they're on the cusp of something. Um, interesting, Anthony Rizzo, uh, the Yankees are not obviously not in a hurry. He wants to stay there, but is he going to get. He's not going to get the five years, seventy million that the Cubs no. offered him. No, I wouldn't think so. I, no. I think they. I think they know he wants to play there, and they're going to say, "Okay, cool. <laughs> well, we'll get back to you yeah. when we figure out everything else we're going to do." The Baez thing, from what I saw yesterday, both uh, Toronto, Boston, and Detroit all interested in him. Now, I had mentioned weeks ago, at least three weeks ago, that I thought Correa was going to go to Detroit, and I had heard from some people that you know he knows AJ Hinch. The Tigers are going to spend money. And then the Tigers went out right away. And, well, they signed a catcher. and They didn't pay Tucker Barnhart a ton of cash. But then they signed Eduardo Rodriguez, the pitcher from Boston, right off the bat. And so they're trying to spend some money. They've got a really good pitching staff. White Sox fans should know that. Facing the Tigers, they've got a lot of young pitchers. Um, Correa would be a guy that would really solidify or help that team, you know, trying to get, you know, from the bottom of the standings up. But he apparently wants, like, the $300 million deal. Yep. And uh, I don't know that he's going to get that from anybody. He, you know, Houston would like to keep him, as I was talking with Sean Davis, our producer. And but you know, they'd love it for him to give him the hometown discount. Um, yeah, I don't but they're so talking like that. Corey Seager could end up there, and they're like, "Well, if you're going to sign Seager, yeah, why wouldn't you know you sign the guy who's in the prime, who's there right now, and who's, who's there the- all the time? Seager's yeah. always out." Right. I mean, there, yeah. I don't know if there's a, a superstar that's out, hurt or out as much as. And again, I'm saying this off the top of my head, but it seems like he's always out. He's always hurt. He's always ailing with something. Um, so, I mean, Correa is a heck of a player. The Mariners go and they get they work a deal. They bring over Adam Frazier, who a lot of Sox fans thought the White Sox would get because they need a second baseman. This was before they went out and got Cesar Hernandez. And then the other guy the Sox fans wanted was a guy that used to be on the White Sox, um, Eduardo Escobar. He goes to the Mets. Mark Canna goes to the Mets. Starling Marte goes to the Mets. And there's reports this morning that Scherzer, the only East Coast team that Scherzer's even, you know, still possibility going the to is the Mets. Yeah, the other they, three the are Mets, all in California. The Mets, the Mets on Friday spent almost three times as much money in one day as the Cubs have committed to payroll for the next season at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, if they add Scherzer, even if it's a short-term big money deal, which it will be, um, you know, the average salary is going to be eye-popping. So... And look, look what Tampa just signed Wander Franco for. Yep, I know. Huge I mean, he money. can make 220 something million with incentives, but a hundred and what, 180 guaranteed for 10 years. Yeah. So sure. I, I keep, I keep searching for the, the, the cup rumors, you know, I know they're going to spend intelligently, but I don't think Marcus Simmons coming here. Certainly. I mean, none of the, 
is Nick Castellanos even on their radar? Did, I haven't seen anything that gets me excited with the Cubs at this point. No, and I saw that um, Castellanos, is, I mean, there's a ton of teams interested in him, but sure. why not? After the way he's played. Uh, Corey Kluber signing a five or a one-year deal. I'm sorry. That's what happens when you have bifocals and they you only see half of it. Um, a one-year deal with the Rays. So, you know, the Rays are spending a little bit of money, which they're not always a team that does that. And they're just seeing if he's healthy yeah. and if he can give them anything. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, and I, I think when it comes to Rizzo, I think he's going to get maybe a one-year deal with a player option for a second year or a mutual option. Sure. He, he, I think he's going to be very surprised. Now, I thought, I, I, I still don't know what, what, you know, the Cubs and Javi were supposedly close before the pandemic season, right? And they didn't get the thing signed. I don't. I don't know that I've seen the numbers or know for you know certainty what what was turned down or why it didn't get signed. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he signs with the Tigers, whomever, Boston. What if it's more than than he was going to get from the Cubs because he had an up and down season last year too. So, and Chris Bryant, I, I assume he's going to stay in San Francisco, but with Scott Boris as the agent, you know, who, yeah. who knows. But I don't think any of those three Cubs are going to realize appreciably more than what Jed Hoyer said he sleeps well and I know what he put on the table for those guys. Yeah. And don't you think that Baez is probably the only one that would probably sign before Wednesday? I don't, I think. Oh, I, oh, he's absolutely going to sign. Yeah. Uh, We have not heard anything about Bryant. No, not a word. Yeah. It's been really quiet. Let's go to, let's go to Mo and Frankfurt really quick. Mo, what's up? How you doing, Fred? Hey, man. Twice. This one week, and I've been listening to you for 25 years. <laughs> cool. But anyways, so um, I thought the White Sox wanted Javi. Is that is that a chance still? I don't think so. I think no, he wants more money than they want to pay. No, they don't want to pay that? Well, what about Carrera? Is he gone? He's even way too much money. He oh, wants so like, he, 10 years, yeah. 300 plus wants, million. Yeah. But we have we have a nice chip. We have uh, the, oh, yeah. the, the clothes that we stole from the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. If someone wants him, yeah, you're gonna. They're gonna move him no matter what because they bring in this Kendall Graveman, and uh, he's a guy that's gonna. I would think replace. Um, yeah, replace Kimbrel, Mo, and that, that would be nice. They still need a second baseman. They still need a right fielder, and uh, I, I, well, I love to get Castellanos. Okay, and then uh, let me tell you something. You know what's up, my can? I'll tell you something. You shot down my idea of putting the lake. Put it in a. Put it, Lake. Yeah, because it's too expensive. They won't spend that money. I think it can happen. Mo, I don't, we don't have European soccer money, or we don't have, uh, where, where's the country that has it? Well, I can't remember the country that has it. Uh, Dubai. 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 That's right. Yeah. That's it. Mo, yeah. I appreciate the call. It's a great idea if someone have that kind of money because they've got the space. The lake is just sitting there. You can build a stadium out there. I, I thought that, Mo, I, I appreciate the call as always. I thought that actually came up before they X'd out uh, Meg's Field uh, years ago, you know. But back then, Fred, they were actually, cities were tripping over each other in states to, to help. I mean, look at the the guaranteed rate. I mean, that, yeah. that's one of the best leases in all sports, right? Sure. And that goes back to Jim Thompson stopping the clock at midnight and twisting her arms. But, I mean, Jerry Reinstorf, he should get an award for business just for what those days are over where the states and the cities are yeah. shoveling 60 or 70 percent of the cost at the private teams yeah i mean the, the cubs couldn't get it done i know there are politics involved because of the ricketts politics and rahm emanuel's politics at the time but by a definition chicago and illinois are bankrupt 
Yes. And so how you can possibly with the, the, the pension situation and everything else, how you can say, oh, you know, the one alderman floated the idea of of buying the bears. I mean, I, that was, you know, I couldn't I, believe that. I mean, you, really, this is what you're spending your time on. It, yeah. It's never going to happen. So why are you wasting your breath on it? I know. Mo, appreciate it. Like I said, if there was a ton of money, there'd be nothing better. Um, there's there's some t- there's some town. And I mean, it's in Dubai. There is entire cities that are on water. And they oh, yeah. they figure the whole thing out, and they've got plumbing, and they've got clean water, and everything else, and they do because the whole they thing. have all the oil that makes that <laughs> yeah, all happen. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, and you know, the World Cup's going to be going on next year at this time because it's in Qatar. And if you've watched real sports or sixty minutes and seen anything about how brutal well, th- it was for this country. Qatar to bring or cutter. They've called it both. I, right. I, I was relying on uh, Shap, Jeremy Shap, to give me the right pronunciation. In one report, he called it Qatar and cutter. I said, okay, I'm just going with what he says. Um, but what they did, they would bring people from other countries, take, Immigrant their, pa- laborers. Yeah, take their passports, have them work in awful conditions. Like work, 120 degrees. Yes. The hell and then stay in like huts almost with like no air conditioning. People were dying on a daily basis. Absolutely. And, you know, their their loved ones had to just, you know, get them in a box. It's like brutal how yeah, soccer, enjoy Enjoy the World Cup. How any soccer organization said, well, that's okay. We're still going to have the World Cup there and change it. The World Cup's always in June to July, like the 12th to the 12th. Now it's going to be November twenty uh, first, I think, till December twenty first. You're going to have you're going to have World Cup soccer next year on Thanksgiving, along with three NFL games. Is that because it's more moderate temperatures in Dubai? Yes. So yeah. the soccer players aren't going to get overheated. Could, but the, yeah, but in, the poor laborers who put up the nice shiny stadium. Exactly. Were. Good luck. Yeah, in Qatar they were going to build artificial clouds. You know what that is? They were going to build this thing that would fly above the stadiums and put out air conditioning to the people in the stands because they could afford it. And then they decided, let's just push it to November. And the Soccer Association agreed to that. That's going to screw up the schedules around the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world plays soccer from August to May, where here in the United States, they've got their championship coming up like first week of December. Hey, I'm still not a fan of the NHL stopping their season to play oh, either in the I. Olympics. Either I mean, I. you're just telling me that, you know, for three weeks, everyone stops or whatever. So you can go play international and have professional players play amateur. Yep. Supposedly, the amateur ideal of the Olympics has gone you yeah. know, to help. I know. Yeah. It basically tells me your product isn't as good as the Olympics, so you you know right. It's to, and you want to sell jerseys in China. Exactly, it's terrible. And I actually we got to take a break, but I heard uh, uh, Adam Amin and uh, Stacy King earlier last week talking about they would all love if the the college kids went to play at the Olympics and not the pros. The pros have made it already. The college kids could have something to shoot for, especially the ones that may not make it. You know, possibly on the next level and things like that. That would have been that'd be great. That's the way it was supposed to be. But you know, we can bitch about that forever, and it's not going to change. I don't. We think. just had a what's up our can segment. We did. We it did. started with the caller because yeah. he had something up his. Mo, Mo, had, Mo said he had something up his can. Yeah. What's up, Fred's can? It's, there's always there's always something, and they 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 tick me off right before noon here. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll recap <laughs> our polls. We come back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000.
Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Getting ready to wrap things up. We had a couple of poll questions out there, Brian. Let's uh, check in with Sean and see how they were doing. I've got the questions here somewhere, and I've lost them. I know what they are, but... Yeah, the um, first one was about Justin Fields. Yes. And when he should start again. Right. And so when he's healthy, only if Andy Dalton struggles, or next year. How'd that go out? Oh, it was a runaway, 75% as soon as he's healthy. Good. Bears fans feel like he should Good. be back in there. Yeah. We're not as dumb as we sometimes appear. <laughs> no, we're not. That's the way <laughs> or, it should be. Or at least we're in the, yeah. the majority of people who yeah. really don't have a clue. That's the way it should be. And the other one is, who's the MVP for the Bulls right now? DeRozan, Levine, or Levine, or, Levine, or others? Levine. Yes. Yeah, this is shocking. 70% of the fans, they chose DeMar DeRozan. Did they really? Yeah. I would have thought that's not good for Zach Levine's agent. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you know the only pro- the one problem I have with Zach is Demar will look for the last the other pass. Zach won't. Yeah, Zach's going to look for the shot, no matter where it's at. In my opinion, I mean, I see it a lot, and I'll go. Ah, there it goes, another shot up. And I think Zach still thinks he's the guy for the last second shot, and maybe that's the way they're trying to figure it or make it, but. I like the way DeMar shoots his last second. Yeah, shots. I mean, I look, and I understood why Zach felt like he had to do it a couple seasons ago because yeah. he look around and who else you want? You know, you had to force some things, right? They got you some help. Yeah, and they did. So, so now sometimes the best, you know, decision is to, to hand the, you know, get you know, make that extra pass, as you said. Yeah. Sean, what are your thoughts on the way he plays? Which one, DeRozan or Levine? Zach. I think Zach is actually one of the people that is hindering Vucevic. Okay. Because when they run that pick and pop, pick and roll, he hits the pick and pop. He hits Vucevic a lot, but he misses him a lot on the roll to the bucket. Uh-huh. And if he does get it to him, he gets it to him too late when the defense <laughs> that's has already fine. reacted. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – and Vooch just hasn't shot the ball well. No, early not at in all. the season. And he's allowed it to affect his defense and rebounding. So he needs to get back to being who he is and stop worrying about the offense because they can score. Yeah. You know, just go down there, rebound, and run the floor. And you, if he runs the floor with this team, he should get an easy ten to twelve points just from running the floor. Is there anything to the fact that they they did well for a five game trip without him, or is that just? Well, that doesn't bowl well. That was a small sample. <laughs> yeah, and you saw yeah. immediately when they came back and faced the Pacers, that small lineup wasn't wasn't working. No, I know, out. I know, and yeah. I and I knew the they need more size and more. It's funny too because when you watch it, I was watching with some people on TV, and they go, "This guy looks short," and I go, "Kobe White six five, uh, Caruso six four. It's they they they're a lot bigger than they look on TV. It's all perspective. Yeah, yeah it's all perspective. Yeah, it really is. But I'm still I love watching the games because I mean, ball has been so much fun to watch. Um, and when they, when they're getting up and down the court, they got today off. They got Charlotte on Monday, so that'd be nice. The Blackhawks you know play tonight. Yeah. What? More Jason Benetti. <laughs> uh, if they were playing today, they would have another Jason Benetti game. So, yeah, I'm going to go home and listen to my Benetti highlights. <laughs> warm, hey, warm those hands of yours, all right? Yeah, well, here's what Benetti had to say earlier this year. Jason, how's your offseason going? It's great. It's great, guys. This is my first time on the new uh, flagship home of the White Sox, which is awesome. I just have to say, I hope this new partnership doesn't mean Fred Hubner can't hate me anymore. Because his subtweets make my day, and I want him to still be able to hate me. And again, it's not hate, it's just dislike. (laughs) I'm sure he's a wonderful human. Brian, have a great Sunday. You you too, Fred. Thanks. Sean, thanks for everything. Thanks for listening to ESPN 1000.